0: Rise and shine. It's dawn and Steve time. Grab your coffee, get your Bible, and in a few moments we're going to be heading to the word. To get the devo, just text DEVO to 800-555-7898 and dawn's back. I am here. <laughs> That's wow. All I can with say. Great gusto, apparently.
1: <laughs> I am here. I am here. Like- <laughs> I am happy to be here,
0: but I am here. Could you tell your face? <laughs> that you're happy to be here?
1: So sorry. So sorry. Just, yeah, pretend, pretend that I'm, that my face says I'm happy to be here. I think, no, like everything in me is happy to be here. It's just my body and this head cold does not agree. So we we have this thing, convergence of all the things today. But I'm here. It's February 1st.
0: I'd, it is February 1st. Yes. And I'm a little conflicted. Why? Right now. I'm Lie. glad you're here. Okay. Because the show's a lot more fun when you're here. <laughs> even, right? even if I'm here. Even if you're here. It, it, it still <laughs> is, right? Uh-huh. At the same time, you're, you were sick. You are sick. Uh-huh. Yesterday, you must have been really feeling bad because well, bad. I have been here for almost four years, not mm-hmm. quite. And yesterday was the first sick day I've seen you take.
1: And I didn't even want to take it. So I know. (laughs) I I think when I texted you, I said, I've got this battle going on right now. Because it was my pride versus my symptoms. And the pride in me was saying, no, you have not taken a sick day and I can't even tell you, at least four years. Yeah, You've got to just maintain. Because I kind of like that record, you know? And then my body kept saying, hush and go back to bed. Like, right? stop it right now. And it was when Ben walked in and looked at me and said, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> Good said, for bed. Getting
1: ready for work. He said, I just think that's a bad idea. I think you need to go back to bed. It, he, evidently, it was written in my eyes and all the things. I had just gone to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, right before I went to India. Yeah. Thinking that I didn't want to get on the airplane with something that had been going on for a month. Like, it was in my head, but <clears throat> there were certain symptoms I was waiting for that never showed up. But it just stayed in my head. Yeah. Well, I don't do great on airplanes anyway with the ear pressure. So I thought, well, I better go have this scene. Sure enough, sinus infection, had it for four weeks. And she said, we better treat this. Okay. Yeah. So I go to India, and all of that helped resolve the symptoms and things like that. Get back. And you saw me, like, Monday There's a little something going on Tuesday.
0: mm, More something going on. Yeah,
1: by yesterday. I did go back to the doctor because I was a little bit worried about strep throat.
0: Good for you. Mm,
1: Because this time it came on with a vengeance. Yeah. And it had moved to my throat as well. Thankfully, no, they they swabbed me for a couple of things. I was negative for everything. And I was, but she did say there is a nasty head cold going on. Around. It's going around. And I think that's what you're having. And she said today is probably the the worst of it, and you should get better. However, if you don't, here's what our protocol is going to be. So hang in there another two or three days, which is what I wanted so of to course do you're anyway. Boom,
0: right back at well, work today.
1: I mean, she said, <laughs> <laughs> she said it's a head cold, and she did say, you know, it's viral. But I texted you and said, but you, I mean, everybody in my world, my close little world Ain't
0: scared of your symptoms
1: (laughs) Had already been exposed, you know, so thankfully everybody in the household is staying well So far, you guys are staying well so
0: far So far, so good And
1: uh, now, but I, here's, here was the biggest contributor to me staying home yesterday I knew Sky Peterson was going to be in the studio Yeah And as an artist, what she does for a living is to sing And if I pass something on to her, I would feel terrible.
0: Sure. That's her vocation, her livelihood, right? Exactly. Yeah. Therefore,
1: as I thought it through, prayed it through, I was like, Lord, I just think.
0: I better stay home yeah, I think that was the right decision Okay So right. good for you good. good for Ben And welcome back <laughs> this morning here And I know the other reason you came back this morning Is because you get to do this morning's devotional As you take us to the book of Psalms it And looks it like.
1: happens to be one of my favorites I love Psalm 1, 1 through 3 Where it says Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly And I think that very first phrase Gives us a lot to think about Who do we keep company with, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. See, there's so much, and we're not even done. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Grab your Bible this morning, sit in those verses with the Lord and see what He'll teach you, because it is possible to spend your whole life knowing about the truths of God and never experiencing any of them. Simply knowing about the truths of God does not mean that they have become a part of your life. Here's the important question. What are you doing with the Word of God? Some people allow themselves to come under the influence of ungodly thinking to the point that god's word makes no difference to them so if you seek counsel from ungodly people you're going to find yourself moving away from the direction god's word commands i mean it just starts to make sense i'll follow this that doesn't make as much sense to me well god's word does not always but if you intentionally Seek out those sinners as your companions. They're going to lead you down the path that takes you far from God. And if you choose to join those who are scornful, eventually you're going to become cynical. The righteous man does not find encouragement in the opinions of others, but in God's Word. The righteous man is not content with a surface knowledge of Scripture, but meditates on it day and night until he is satisfied that what he reads reflects his own experience he becomes like a a fruit tree standing firmly on the bank of the river and the tree is well nourished produces delicious fruit bountiful leaves people come from miles around to sit in its shade and eat its fruit so if you allow god to implement his word in your life others are going to be drawn to you encouragement that comes from you. The more you grow in God's righteousness, the stronger you will become. Some people would look in vain to find anyone they were encouraging, but not so the righteous person. A constant stream of people will seek you out because they know that your life will be a blessing. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Let's get into the word today. See how the Lord might teach us and train us and draw us into his presence. This Devo is on our Facebook page, Don and Steve of the Morning, or Devo is the keyword, D E V O. Text 800 555 7898. We'll send you the link. Well, I have an idea for you. Okay. For Valentine's Day.
0: Oh, really? Yes. I, I need ideas. You need ideas? Bring ideas. them on. I okay. Do. Yep.
1: I think you should take a piece of fruit, maybe a lemon, and write on it. That you, Steve Hiller, giving this to Susie Hiller and put the date on it. Okay. And then wait 285 years and it might fetch the family a couple grand.
0: Uh, Oh, okay. I'm sure Susie would be very, very touched if I gave her a lemon. With uh, a date kind of inscribed in the lemon peel.
1: And here's what I... I mean,
0: you know my wife pretty well. Oh, Can't yeah. You how She's gonna she yeah. She's going to be impressed. She's going to be impressed. And you can
1: tell her I helped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this happened, though. And, and that's all the worth I can figure in this. Because 285 years ago, Mr. P. Lou Francini wrote on a lemon... That he was giving it to Miss E. Baxter, November 4th, 1739, and they found it in a cabinet in England. Okay. And so the the guys at the auction house thought, well, I mean, we're going to auction off the cabinet. Why don't we see if it'll fetch anything if we auction off this lemon? Dude, $1,780 later. Okay. The cabinet sold for 40 bucks. <laughs>
0: Of course it did.
1: But the lemon that was transcribed, that Mr. P. Lou Francini gave it to Miss E. Baxter, November 4, 1739, because it was 285 years old, got almost 2000 Who
0: pays $1,780, Why? almost $1,800
1: I, I guess for lemon? I guess a Brit. This is all I can figure. Why?
0: That's what it is. We're getting
1: a look here uh, yeah. from our very own Brit. I Yeah. An Englishman paid about $2,000 for that. And unfortunately, we're not given, we're not privy to the details as to why he was willing to do that.
0: I wish we were. The
1: novelty of it all? (laughs) Yeah. Is this someone who just has too much money? Um, if so, let's listen to Moody Radio because shares coming up in <laughs> three right. weeks. Yeah. And you would think that the lemon would kind of just mold and fold in on itself. But if you've ever seen a piece of fruit, I think limes, I've seen limes do this, right? They turn brown and they get really hard. Yeah. That's what this looks like. But the handwriting, I mean, he gets an A plus for his handwriting. It's pretty cool. Nice. And how did he write it? They didn't have Sharpies in 1780, I'm guessing he
0: must have just scratched off, kind of like when you zest a lemon. You think? And you just kind of scratch off that outer, kind of waxy, colorful part of the peel. That's my theory. You think? I don't know. I could be wrong. I've got another theory. Oh. And I'll tell you more about that coming up in just a moment. But I think the Englishman is trying to take over the notoriety of the Florida man. You know, anytime there's a story about somebody doing something unusual, it seems like it always begins, a Florida man.
1: It does. And then too. fill
0: in the blank, you know, mm-hmm. through a crocodile or an alligator through a drive through window or, or whatever the crazy thing <laughs> yeah. is. But I'm wondering if the Englishman... Is trying to take over that notoriety, <laughs> that spot this morning because, like the
1: one in the studio over there, the one in absolutely. the studio.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying that that specific one, but I don't know. Maybe the shoe fits. I uh, know. Our notoriety goes back a lot further than
1: America's. <laughs> you always play that card, don't
0: I you? Do. He does. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, it's like, you know, the true. house I lived in is older than your country. I yeah. <laughs> I said that to my wife. The first house we lived in. <laughs> yeah. Well. You were just talking about the somebody paying over seventeen hundred dollars for a lemon yes. in the UK. Not that long ago, police in Britain stopped a runner that they spotted running with a fridge strapped to his back.
1: I'm sorry, what? So a an Englishman is out
0: training for a marathon with a fridge <laughs> strapped on his back. Why? That is a very good question. Well, he explained that it's all legit. He has a friend who has type one diabetes. His friend's mm-hmm. name is Sam. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, Sam challenged him to raise money for diabetes research and, and funding. And so he said he was going to try and do that. And uh, apparently he's trying to break this world record of running a marathon with an appliance strapped to your back. Who knew that there was an appliance or a world record of somebody running a marathon with an appliance strapped to their back. But apparently it was set by a fellow Briton. I see. So again... The mm-hmm. British man, trying to take over the Florida but man's But the spot. British guy had a wise thing. He just had a small appliance. He didn't put a fridge. To Not it a fridge? No. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. But I imagine a microwave might have been a better option. <laughs> uh, it, it may have been. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, A little lighter. Yep. Yeah. Back in 2023, the world record was set at 2 hours, 4 minutes, and 13 seconds, which is an incredible pace to run yes. a marathon. Yes. Right? And so this guy, he said, I'm going to see if I can do that better, faster now here's the good news, the fridge is kind of the size of a dorm room fridge. Yes, it's not the full, it's not huge monster no, thing. Not
1: a double yeah. wide or anything yeah. like that. It, it, but that is still heavy. Oh yeah, what he's wearing. And when the police stopped him, they were thinking he was stealing it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very um, purposefully strapped on him. So I'm not thinking a thief would be maybe that purposeful. But the, I remember Paul Harvey. Was it Paul Harvey? That would pull out the kind of dumb thief thing and oh, yeah. t- tell those stories. So maybe the police knew that this could be one of those moments. However, he was just trying to do two things at once. Break the world record and raise money for type, or not even type one, but diabetes research there in the UK.
0: Well,
1: that's, that's kind of weirdly nice. Uh, right? <laughs> Moody
0: radio. And you can always be a part of the show by calling or texting 800-555-7898. connect through our Facebook page down Steve in the morning. You see that uh, Mark Zuckerberg apparently apologized to people who had been victims of exploitation and and other heinous crimes that they could tie back to social media. Mm. thought this was kind of fascinating. He was uh, went went before Congress on Wednesday. and he actually had the opportunity during the questioning where one of the senators said, hey, have you apologized to the victims Mm -hmm. of what your platform has allowed to or helped facilitate and happen here? So have you apologized to the families of the children and the teens who've been exploited on social networks? Do you want to do so right now? They're here, and you're on national television. So Zuckerberg did get up out of his chair. He turned, he faced the crowd, and he did say, I'm sorry for everything that you've been through. Yeah. No one should have to go through the things that your families have suffered. And that's why we're invested so much and going to continue to do some uh, industry leading efforts to make sure nobody has to go through what your families have had to suffer. And, and, and then he sat back down. I hope that that apology was genuine.
1: I do, too. But the senator wasn't quite done with him oh, no. after he sat back down. Senator uh, Hawley said, OK, what about like compensation? Would you compensate these victims? You're a billionaire. Will you commit to compensating them and maybe set up a victim's compensation fund with your money? And Zuckerberg's reply was, Senator, I don't think that that's my job. To which he said, well, that sounds like a no. Yeah. I, I'm a little conflicted by this, not a little, I'm, I'm quite a bit conflicted by this in that I realize we don't know exactly how all of his finances are distributed and, you know, if they're liquid, if they're not, and yet he will continue to make money no matter what and yep. a lot of it, and he already has made a lot of it. And you, uh, it almost seems like the apology is genuine by word, but not by deed, mm-hmm. And sometimes it does require both. Sometimes you need to, like the old saying goes, right? Put your money where your mouth is. Right. That, I mean, we're not talking about, oh, it was a little something that happened to these families. This is massive, life-altering. Yeah. Things will never be the same because of these exploited children.
0: And, you know, I'm sure that he would then potentially counter with the argument, well, our company, Meta, who owns Instagram and Facebook, you know, our company is doing these things. We are putting our money where our mouth is by trying to put some of these uh, protection things in place for these kids. But you're right. There, there is a difference I think from taking it from a corporate level down to a personal level, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, as a company, we will acknowledge and recognize. And as a company, we're going to do some of these things. It's a totally another thing to say, and I am so grieved by it, there it is. that I mm-hmm. am going to do something, you know, out of my pocket, and and so it it'll be interesting to see as this conversation continues in in Congress and other uh, leaders and some of the tech companies uh, they're testifying as well to see what changes might be made down the road.
1: Grief is, is something, right? It yeah. gets really deep into your soul. And, and truly, I think oftentimes, if you think about the times that you've done something against someone else, the grief is so deep, you would do anything to try to make it right. Not that it, it can set things back on the course that it was, but you would do something. Yeah. And that, that, yeah, it just seems like Mark does have a, a degree, of sorrow. And yet you just wonder how deep does that go? And that's, that's really not up to us. And yet, then in our own lives, it is up to us when we have something that we have grievously done to someone else. Like how do we try to make those amends and show that our grief is legit? And um, yeah, I take it up before the Lord. That is the first place that we start. So interesting things coming out of the metaverse. Yeah. And then how much responsibility do we have in stewarding all of that as well, as far as what we allow into the lamp of the body? Mm, Yeah. It's a deep subject.
0: It's Dawn of Steve in the morning on Moody Radio.
1: Trying to sparkle. Trying to sparkle over here. I'm back. You need to polish that tiara just, uh, just, we'll just a little bit. There it is. Just a little bit. Sparkle. Yep. I think that it's amazing that there's something so bitter in its original form that we love as a Who society. Who are you talking about? <laughs> you? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You asked for that. I did. Do you realize, though, that one of the most popular things consumed by us, especially here in uh, the U.S., but all around the world, starts out super, super bitter the way that it's grown. Okay. But by the way that it's dried out and then things added to it, it becomes one of our all-time favorite things. I even had some... That was, you know, the Swiss are known for their
0: Ah, chocolates. There it is. Yes.
1: The Swiss are known for their chocolate. And though I really don't ever care to, to fly Swiss air again, ever, ever, I did appreciate the chocolate. It did not make up for that flight.
0: (laughs) Good chocolate there, yes. (laughs) It
1: is good chocolate. But it starts out in like this. But you're a dark
0: chocolate girl.
1: And today is National Dark
0: Chocolate Day. Oh, that's why the grin is so big today.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yum. If you add the milk and the butter to it, it gets creamier and it becomes that nasty milk chocolate stuff. But bring on the dark chocolate.
0: Dark chocolate's good. Yes. But so is milk chocolate.
1: I loved milk chocolate as a kid. I would not I would not put dark chocolate in my ugh, no but somehow as I've kind of gotten a little bit I don't know less sweet I like the dark chocolate Did <gasps>
0: you just say that you've become less sweet? Yes, okay. today in particular. <laughs> I'm less sweet. You know what might help with that? Mm. You could take a little of that dark chocolate mm-hmm. and have that alongside some baked Alaska.
1: Yes, please. Today is National Baked
0: Alaska Day as well.
1: I have I need to one day when I have time plow into trying to make a baked Alaska. I think it would be fun to try just to say that you did. Yeah. If especially if you enjoy cooking and baking, take on a project. There's another thing, Beef Wellington. I've never made that. Okay. Yeah. I, I've I always that. wanted to. Um, but I'm kind of chicken because that's an expensive thing to mess up. <laughs> and uh, baked Alaska, maybe not quite as expensive, but dark chocolate. And before I got sick, I knew this day was coming. And I had great plans to come because I know Briggs likes dark chocolate, too. And I had great plans to make sure that we had that in studio. And then as I lay upon my sickbed yesterday, woe is me. I, oh, I wish, like, you, I wish we happening. had the
0: cameras in the studio just for that moment right there. <laughs> the rest of the time, no. But for that moment right there, yes. Oh,
1: woe is me. Yes. I laid upon my sickbed. Nobody peeled me grapes. Nobody brought me um, you, I don't know I can tell chocolate. it's been a
0: little while since you've been in the theater <laughs> About a year, right? You it look like you're been. ready to be back in the theater this morning That would morning. be so
1: fun hot, National Hot Chocolate Day yesterday And yeah, but who cared? <laughs>
0: That's uh, how I me, felt
1: yesterday The no, kids No, yeah. I, yesterday in my world it was like "What? Well, I'm just glad to be breathing today
0: So you're care. a little bit more optimistic today?
1: Yeah, uh, Yes, I'm on the upswing, so yes.
0: Okay, that's good, because today is also National Optimist Day.
1: What do you do if you're a pessimist on National Optimist Day?
0: Ignore it. I see. Yeah.
1: Is that what you're just, doing just over there?
0: Pretty much. <laughs> Acknowledge it and move on.
1: I don't think you're pessimistic.
0: I don't know. Much. I acknowledged it, and I'm moving on.
1: Ah, then maybe much.
0: It's done in Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio.